Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of No Effort Human. No effort human. This is the show where we're trying to figure out how to get in flow. We're trying to figure out how to find that groove of ease and maybe power in our life that just gets us flowing in harmony with the universe so things come easily and joyously. Is it possible? Is it possible? That's what we're here to find out. I'm really excited about this show because I have a good friend of mine who, you know, is maybe an un, uh, like an somehow unwitting Tao master, but we're going to find out. We're going to find out. We're going to talk to him and <laughs> he, and then, uh, we're going to look at the fourth verse of the Tao Te Ching. That's the book that we're going through on this podcast and we'll see how that goes. So let me welcome Steve Poland to the podcast. Hello, Steve. Hi, Dave. How's it going? Ah, so good. So glad to be here speaking with you. Now, listeners, Steve and I have known each other for um, over 20 years now, and uh, we went to university together. And since then, I have been quite intrigued by Steve's style of moving through life. And in fact, one of our other friends has said multiple times, I want that guy's life. So let's let's unpack this a little bit. Let me tell you what's going on here. So firstly, when we met at university, you know, I, I started to notice that Steve was not care, did not care about the same things. He did not worry about the same things that I was worried about. I was worried about <laughs> classes, getting good grades, you know, picking <laughs> picking my major. Yeah. You know, I was worried about like uh, you know, doing well and like also worried about women trying to figure out women, trying to figure out how to hook up with women. Steve Mm. didn't worry about any of those things. He definitely (laughs) didn't worry about class. Uh, It's like, yeah. yeah, Not not enough to actually go as much as I should have. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But it's okay. I'm not making fun of you. I'm actually telling the audience that it's, you know, reframing what they think is, is important because, you know, uh, grades don't always matter, everybody. That's what I'm trying to tell you. There are other things more important in life. So let's, let's find out. So, but Steve never worried about those things. And he was just getting done what he needed to do. He seemingly without effort, uh, always had, you know, someone he was dating or, you know, women around him in university, you know, and I'm sitting there like working so hard at this, like, you know, trying everything I could trying to learn all the tricks of the trade. And I'm like, what? And I can't get it to work. And this guy is just flowing, making it look easy, basically smiling all the whole way. And then, uh, after university, I'm worried about job. What am I going to do next? Where am I going to go? I don't even know if I ever had one conversation with Steve about about his worry about his about job. I don't even know if he was thinking about it. Nope. And then, you know, <laughs> turns out his um his uh his sister who worked worked at like a big um good company was like, "Hey, we got we got some jobs." Steve was like, "Okay, I'll go there." So he moved uh and you know, tell me if I get any of these details wrong, but he but he moved just in the flow based on what was offered, based on what the universe showed him. And, you know, in a, it's not like he planned for it. It's not like he, it was, it was like, this is what he was striving for. It just showed up. He said, yes, he's in this job. He has like a whole lot of fun for a few years with friends. And he, you know, he moved to a different state in the U S he has a whole bunch of fun with friends for a few years. He gets even like promoted in this job, even though it seems like he doesn't even care about it. And then, uh, and then he's, you know, he ends up getting, I think he got recruited, right. To to move to a different company into the Midwest. Yeah, to Michigan. Yep. yep. Yeah. Just, yeah. 
So he got, you know, without even, he never told me he was, you know, working so hard to get recruited. You know, it just, he, in fact, he wasn't, he wasn't trying to get recruited. He was just trying to have fun. And then he, he got re- recruited to another uh, company in the Midwest. He moved there, was doing like, you know, work, started work for them for a couple of years, had another whole, some few years of fun, ended mm-hmm. up meeting a woman, got married, and she got a job at Apple in San Francisco. And so I, I don't even remember talking to you like for more than three seconds about what you were going to do, you were like, oh yeah, she got the job. So we're going to go. It's fine. You know? <laughs> so he picks up, he moves across the country again, just saying yes to what the universe is offering him. Yeah. Ends up in San Francisco, doesn't have a job for months. Okay. He's just like chilling there, hanging out, having a good time. And then because of his love for micro brew for beer, right? You ended up meeting somebody, you ended up making a friend. Mm-hmm. And then this friend, ended up offering you like this excellent job in the San Francisco area. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's pretty much. Yeah, that's that's kind of how it went down. Okay, so (laughs) once again, he's got no plan. He's just saying yes. He's just flowing with the universe, ends up with an excellent job in San Francisco. He's making great money. The job is not so so difficult. He he, he's doing really well. (laughs) He's doing really well in this in this company. Now, you know, one one challenge he had was that then uh, this woman that, that he was with, you know, they decided to part ways. Um, they decided to end in their marriage, you know, and that I remember was a bit of a challenging time, but I never remember Steve being like super worried about it. I mean, you have to tell me if I'm wrong, but from the outside perspective, you weren't, it didn't seem like you were super worried about it. You were just like, yeah, it's not working. I want to do this. I don't know. There's this. And for a long time you were thinking about it. So maybe, maybe like it was a, it was a bit of a struggle for you for, for a time, but the end yeah. result was, that you know things things ended and um and you were in your job in San Francisco and you were like okay now this is the next part of my life you sort of like you expanded your social network you made a whole bunch of more friends and mm-hmm. you were there for some time and then lo and behold he met someone else who he fell in love with and uh that she's this uh, amazing person and they ended up also uh, they ended up getting married. And so now Steve is, I mean, through no plan of his own, he's, he's in a, a loving relationship that, he, that he's really enjoying. He has a great job. And then him, him and his, him and his uh, wife start, start thinking like, you know what? I mean, this, all this like working really hard all the time, like working so many hours a week, just, just spending so much money in the San Francisco area because it's, it's one of the most expensive places to live in the world. And you're like, you know, there's got to be a better way to do this, right? There's got to be a, something better we can do. So he just starts asking questions. And then eventually, both of them decide, well, you know what? Let's just leave our jobs and see what happens. And maybe we can go somewhere else that's a little bit less expensive. Our money can go last a little bit longer. And, and wait a minute. I know a guy. I know a guy who lives in, in Prague. He moved to Prague like some time ago. He seems to like it there. That's me. By the way, spoiler alert for the audience, that's me. And so then they were like, uh, they were like, let's, uh, let's try it. Let's check that out. Let's just go there. And so they just packed up their life, just moved to Prague. And now you've been here for maybe what, a year and a half now or, or something like this? Yeah, it'll be, uh, it's, it's coming on two years now. Coming on two years. And so for two years, you've been here in Prague, just having an amazing time. You know, you've been, you've been studying, you've been figuring out what you want to do in the next phase of your life, but you have not had like a full-time job this whole time, you know? So for years, ladies and gentlemen, this guy has been living just like 
what would many people would, would consider such a dream life through no <laughs> effort of his own, no striving to get to this place of his own, just being in the flow the whole time. That's, that's my perspective from the outside. You know, yeah, that, is yeah. that, is that what you're, is that how you see it, Steve? Or I'm sure, else? I'm sure it looks like that from the outside. Um, <laughs> well, tell me, well, what's it really like? I mean, I wouldn't say there's been no effort. I think, yeah. um, you know, I've, uh, I guess I, I, I would say I would agree with you, you know, going with the flow. I've, I found myself doing that quite, quite often in my life. Um, as far as worrying, you know, there are things that, that worry me, uh, but it takes a lot to get to that point. Um, because you know, if it's something you can, that you can do something, uh, if, sorry, if there's something you can do about it, then you should do it. But if you can't do anything about something, then worrying isn't going to help. So that that's helped me a lot as far as, you know, seeming to be uh, cool, calm, and collected when uh, all this crazy stuff has been happening in my life. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think, you know, I've really admired that about you. I mean, you know, the, the like, I can't tell you how many times we've been having a conversation. I've seen that just that shrug of the shoulders like, yeah, what am I going to do about it? Like, not, you know, shrug. Everybody, everybody else is just like, oh, I got to fix this problem. Like, this is such, diff- you know, how am I going to get out of this? How am I going to change this? How am I going to try to control this? And you're just like, what am I going to try to control it? I can't do anything about it. Shrug the shoulders. And then it always, it's just, you know, and then something shows up where it just seems to work out really well. You know, by the way, now, <laughs> once again, once again, Steve is being basically recruited you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. by, uh, by, um, for in another, into another job, you know, mm-hmm. just through a friend. So it's, it's amazing. I think like, you know, your, your whole, from the outside, the whole philosophy that has created this chain of amazing events for you, like from the outside, what it seems like is your philosophy is like, Hey, look, uh, go with the flow. Don't try to control what I can't and, and make friends because yeah. so many of your, you know, you're a really social person you're a really personable guy. You're like really good at making friends with people and connecting with people. And it's so many of your opportunities seems like they've come from like from, uh, from that, from those relationships. Is that true? I would say so. I, I, I found that, um, <clears throat> you know, going to school, learning a lot of things, being educated has helped, but I'd say more than that, it's, uh, just networking and who, you know, who you're friends with, you know, your, your relationships with other people and, and, how it connects with everyone else. That's, I think that's what's helped me the most in life. Yeah. And I love the part about when you were in San Francisco and you just were, when you were looking for work, you, you know, you didn't make it like a, a huge problem and you didn't stop doing things you liked doing. You know what I mean? You, you kept enjoying yourself. And, and for example, the microbrew, you know, you, you were really into beer brewing at the time. Mm-hmm. And so you were going to these microbrews and you were meeting other people who are interested in the same thing. And then that guy ends up offering you a job. I think that's just like a beautiful <laughs> yeah, lesson. I tried, I tried to work at his brewery. I, I met the owner of a, of a new brewery <laughs> that was like two, three months old. And I gave him my resume <clears throat> And he said, uh, I don't really have a job here, but <laughs> I work at this tech company and we could use you there. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. See, that's just so, that's so amazing. Like, like this is, this is something I talk about. That's a, that's an example of something I talk about quite a bit to the people I work with and on this podcast is like, stay following just what feels exciting to you. Just keep following what feels good to you. 
and think, and you will be surprised by the things that show up. And that's a perfect example of like, you could not have seen how that would go. And it ends up totally putting you in, in a, in a job that was really helpful for you. Yeah, it was fortunate. Yeah. Well, we could call it fortune. We could call it luck, but maybe we could call it the Dow. Oh yeah. Do we, do you have anything else you want to like reframe or, uh, correct me about from, you know, the, the his, history of Steve's amazing life, uh, before we move on to the, no, to I mean, you, you, you got it pretty much down. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm quite positive it, it looks cooler and easier than it, than it actually was. But. Yeah, it does. It does. That's why I wanted you on here, but maybe we'll, maybe the Dow will help us unpack it. You know, maybe some things that we read today on the fourth verse will shed some shed some more light on on what happened. We never know. Each one of these verses is very short and some of the verses are written like for, seemingly to like a emperor or a king in governing the people, but I, but there's always a way to interpret it to apply it to our own mind and apply it to our own life. So that's what we're going to get at today. Do do we want to and you know, you being flowmaster, I'm I'm just super interested in your opinion about what we read. Are you you ready to check it out? Yeah, let's do this. Why not? Okay. Let's check it out. So we're going to go to the fourth verse. And now there are many translations to the Tao Te Ching. We're going to work with two translations today. And one of them is in the book, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life by Dr. Wayne Dyer. He really inspired me to go through the whole Tao Te Ching and see what we can uncover. So the fourth verse goes like this. The Tao is empty, but inexhaustible, bottomless the ancestor of it all. Within it, the sharp edges become smooth. The twisted knots loosen. The sun is softened by a cloud. The dust settles into place. It is hidden, but always present. I do not know who gave birth to it. It seems to be the common ancestor of all the father of all things. Okay. So that's a pretty, this is a pretty philosophical and esoteric verse. Um, let's, let's read the second translation to see if there's any, uh, yeah, that's pretty deep. Yeah. Let's, <clears throat> let's read the second translation to see if there's anything else we can pick out from there. So here, here's the second translation. The Tao is like an empty bowl, yet it may be used without ever needing to be filled. It is the deep and unfathomable source of the 10,000 things. Blunt the sharpness, untie the knot, soften the glare, settle with the, the dust. It is hidden deep, yet ever present. I do not know whose child it is. It existed before the common ancestor. Okay, so you can see how translating ancient Chinese is a bit tricky. There are some yeah. very different word choices in there. Uh, and the second translation is from a version of Dao Te Ching uh, from, that a monastery has posted online. Um, and, uh, and this was, they chose many, from many translations, they chose this one uh, by a Chinese uh, woman and an, Eng an English woman. Um, and an English man worked on it together to try mm. to make the translation. So, so, um, what are your initial thoughts after hearing those 
traverse is this emptiness, this unfathomableness, yet the source of everything. Then there's this weird part in the middle where like the sharp things get blunt, knots get untied. I don't know. Glare gets softened to, you know, and then yeah. there's this, uh, this part at the end about its origin. What's coming up for you? Well, I guess the the first part um, reminds me of the force from Star Wars, you know, <laughs> ever present and flows through us and guides us. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but, you know, also, it sounds like he's talking about just like everything, um, yeah. seen and unseen, you know, the, the or the source of everything, which, okay, sure. Um, <laughs> why not? Uh, the second part reminds me of... Um, Entropy. Let, let's stick with that first you know? part for a second. Let's oh, okay, okay, okay. Go, yeah, go. yeah. So, first part. so in in the the first verse we read, you know, it's very short. That first part that that was empty, but inexhaustible, mm-hmm. bottomless, the ancestor of all. So, once again, this is kind of something saying something similar to the first verse of the Tao Te Ching says, which is this idea that the Tao is the nothingness that gives birth to the to the ten thousand things. That's what it's called in in the Tao. When it says the 10,000 things, what it's referring to is the, all the physical stuff of life, all okay. the like, all the just physical objects of life. You know, this book is saying there's a source of all of those things. And this source is like an emptiness and a nothingness, and it gives rise to all of the 10,000 things. And in fact, in the second translation we're using today, it mentions the 10,000 things. You know, the, the Tao is an empty bowl it may use it may be used without ever needing to be filled so that's that's an image of like just an inexhaustible amount of stuff you mm-hmm. know it's the deep and unfathomable source of the 10,000 things so yeah it's ever present it's flowing through everything it's the source of all things and and it's it's energy it's sourceness never runs out you know so i mean from just like a a practical perspective I think it is it is a little bit like the force, you know, flowing through everything. But also, you know, there's there's a complete abundance of it. You know, it's 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 using an image that it's like it's a bowl that never needs to be fill, filled. It's just mm. constantly pouring out into everything. You know, and in the first verse, it talks about how if we only pay attention to the 10,000 things themselves, if we only are paying attention to the physical objects, of our world, including like maybe even our bodies, you know, and, and even some forms of energy, like just all the physical measurable things in this world. If we're only looking at that, we're missing the source of all those things, which is this, this, this un, this unexhaustible nothingness that basically somehow fills up or creates all these things. So, you know, this is this is tying back to the to the first verse for me and the ten thousand things. It's it's for me. It's drawing a, it's drawing a difference. It's trying to help us realize there's something going on below the physical surface of things. So I don't know how that strikes you. You know, well, I mean, it sounds interesting. It sounds. Uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm curious about what the source is. I'm also questioning, like, okay, if we're not supposed to focus too much on the ten thousand things, you know, what's what's the benefit of focusing on the source or is it just out of learning, you know, just for the benefit of just understanding more. I guess that's the part that initially what I feel is why. That's a great question. That's a great (laughs) question. So if it's, 
if we're not supposed to pay attention to all these things being created from this source, what are we supposed to be paying attention to? If we, if we pay attention to the source, what's the benefit of it? I think that's a great question. So, so let's, let's see if we can get to some of that benefit with the second part of the, of the verse. The second part is within, within it, the doubt, the sharp edges become smooth, the twisted knots loosen, the sun is softened by a cloud. Although in the second verse, it doesn't mention the sun. The second translation, it doesn't mention the sun. It says, it says the glare is softened. It says soften the glare. And then the fourth line is the dust settles into place. Yeah. So mm. uh, you were starting to tell me what that section meant well, to you. It, it, yeah, it kind of reminds me a little bit of... Um, well, first I thought of like entropy. You know how just uh, things in order revert to chaos and uh, energy dissipates eventually. Um, but now that I think more about it, it just it reminds me of how... Um, well, it kind of seems like metaphors for extreme anything, really. You know, sharp points becoming blunt, glares becoming softened, um, which makes me, which reminds me of uh, you know conversations we've had before about um, people trying to control or or trying too hard and not you know giving into the force. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're saying like you're saying like you know, maybe you see something sharp or there's a glare in your face, but in- instead of freaking out about it, you know, if you can somehow open yourself to, let's just say the force, then you, like the glare softens, you know, the sharp thing b- blunt gets a little bit blunter, you yeah. know, like this kind of, instead of trying to like control and fix it, it can, ha- it'll happen automatically. I mean, I guess, I guess, in a, yeah, I, now that you say that, it, it makes me also think about, um, just uh, mindfulness in general, um, about how you can bear, you know, temperatures. You know, you might feel cold or really hot, and uh, you might, you know, put on a, a more clothes if you're cold, or, or take more clothes off if you're hot. But at the same time, you can just ride it out. Uh, or yeah. like if you have an itch or or uh, or something, you you can scratch the itch, or you can just notice the itch, and eventually it'll go away. That's true. That's true. I've had those experiences. All those things. I was in a, I was in this crazy like, uh, this water park and sauna place that are popular. You know, mm-hmm. kind of places in the Czech Republic. This one was called the Aqua Palace. Oh. Uh, if you if you haven't gone yet, you should go there. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like all these water slides. It has like thirty two saunas. It's it's uh, oh, you know, yeah, and sauna culture here in Czech Republic is very different from in the U S I mean, just everybody is walking around naked everywhere. Um, it's, it's actually, you know, uh, quite a fun, fun time. And, (laughs) um, but anyway, yeah, I'm in the sauna and, you know, and it's like, and it's like a hundred degrees Celsius. I don't even know what that is in Fahrenheit, but it's like super, super hot. And that sounds deadly. (laughs) And it's, you, you know, it wasn't even the hottest one and you're in there and, yeah, you feel all this intense stuff happening. Like it's particularly in my ears, you know, they just start feeling like they're burning. But if I kind of like, don't try to resist that feeling, if I kind of like just relax into that feeling, then it's not so bad. And I can sit in there for like 10, 15 minutes, you know, mm. and I, I can, other people around in the sauna, I can hear them. They're like breathing, like, Ugh. 
you know, they're like all uncomfortable, you know what I mean? And they, yeah. they're like shifting around and moving around, you know, their, their brain is trying to somehow is resisting. They're just trying to fix the issue. And then they, you know, then they have to leave. But I mean, I was in, this happened to multiple people. I'm just sitting there in the sauna and some people come in, they're like grunting and moving for a few minutes and then they leave, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm still, I'm still in there. So I think like, oh, it happens with cold water as well. You know, I'm, I'm into doing some cold water stuff inspired by the Wim Hof method. And after one of these saunas, I went into the cold pool. And when I first got into the cold pool, you know, I mean, obviously it was like such a crazy shock, but then mm-hmm. I just relaxed and I was just breathing, just focusing on my breathing, not trying to fight the cold at all, not trying to resist the cold, like opening my body instead of clinching my body. And mm-hmm. I, I, I was sitting in there for like minutes, you know, and, uh, and I felt like I could go a lot longer. You know, so, uh, you know, is that the kind of thing you're talking about? I guess, uh, yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. Um, with, uh, not with the entry thing, but uh, with uh, mindfulness, yes. Yeah. Okay, so maybe this is talking about mindfulness, but you know, I think it might be, all, there's also like a, a quantum physics element to this. Oh. Like, you know about the zero point field? Heard of it, but remind me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's this... Uh, it's the concept in in quantum physics that um, basically when you look at when you look at what stuff is made of at the as as like as deep as we can go, it ends up being like this field of energy. It ends up being not stuff at all. Oh. This weird like energetic soup that seems to be where all, all matter comes from. And this is you know this is like a. a, a I mean, it's, it's just a theory, obviously, but it's, it's a theory that explains a lot on a physics level. And this is what mm. quantum physics is, is based on, is that like reality is emerging from this, from this energetic soup and, you know, it, it's all waves and energy and these waves end up condensing basically into, into matter. You know, these waves take on a certain vibration that allows them to, to become matter, you know, and the electron basically emerges from this cloud, you know, and anybody who wants to get a better explanation of this, like, go look it up, go look up the zero point field, go look up, you know, like the, uh, how, you know, the quantum cloud or whatever you want to Google and find, but mm. there's, there's this, there's this nothingness. I mean, that's one way to look at it. It's like this energetic, this energetic, like vast sources of energy you know, turning things into matter. I mean, you think about like a nuclear bomb, you know, we just split and you just split an atom, you split one atom and it creates that explosion, you know? So, I mean, the energy, the energy in the quantum field is unbelievably vast, you know, and it's turning into these pieces of matter that are the building blocks of everything we see. So, I mean, in a way, maybe quantum physics is describing the Tao, sort of. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Maybe uh, Lao Tzu was a ancient... (laughs) quantum physicist <laughs> yeah seriously it sounds like it if you do measure an electron at the lowest level the 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 sharpness of your measurements do start to become blunt you know really like at like at the this is because this is what i'm talking about like the the electron becomes harder to measure you know or like i i don't know but okay oh yeah well obviously i don't know either because i'm not able to explain it so well but like okay, i mean i'll so, take your word for it well, like like the double split experiment, right? The double slit experiment, the most replicated yes. experiment ever yes. in science because it's it so breaks the traditional model of reality. I mean, it's been replicated thousands of times now. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's uh, I mean, it's like 
it the double slit experiment is basically, you know, you take a piece of light, a photon, and you shoot it uh, at a wall and you see what it looks like when it hits the wall. You shoot the photon through these slits. You know, you shoot the photon through these through these slits of like in a piece of paper, for example, these like little little windows in a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. So the crazy thing about this experiment is that when you try to watch which window the photon goes through, you the, you see one photon and you see it hitting the the screen behind the paper and you see like a dot where the photon hit the paper. But if you don't look at which window the photon goes through and you just look at the screen behind to see like where the photon hit, the photon it, the photon makes a pattern like it was um like it w- like it went through all the slits. Oh, weird. Yeah, so it makes a wave pattern on the receiving device. Mm. But if you look at it, if you try to obs- if you observe which slit does the photon go through, it doesn't create a wave pattern in the receiving device. It creates it creates like a single pattern, like a single photon pattern. It creates more like a, you know, like a physical pattern oh. instead of a wave pattern. So, you know, the crazy thing about that is that like, you know, on some level, you know, there's on some level of physical reality everything is this wave. Everything is a wave. Everything is like a wave of probability. And then something, whether it's called, whether it's the observer effect, which is, uh, which is something named from this experiment, whether it's the observer effect or whether it's some other phenomenon, something collapses that wave into a, a physical instance of one particular thing, you know? And this is why this, this experiment just blows, has been blowing our mind for, you know, for decades now. You know, but that's kind of what it seems like with what the Tao is is saying. It's like the the glare, you know, the harsh glare. If you open into the Tao, into like the waves of everything, the glare gets softened. You know, the sharp thing. If you open into the Tao, it doesn't become this sharp singular thing. It now becomes a more blunt, like a more like wave like thing. There are more possibilities. It doesn't. It isn't so sharp at any one point. I don't. Uh. I mean, maybe I'm. Maybe I'm going too far with this metaphor, but for me, I, I think I see a connection there. Yeah, I, that, that makes sense to me. I mean, if if you, uh, it's kind of like looking at um, statistical data, and if you see an outlier <clears throat> on like a line graph or something, you know, a, a data point that sticks way far out, you know, that it looks sharp, you know, it stands out. But if you take into account all of the data points, you know, the mean, the average, you know, it it, it doesn't doesn't really stand out as much anymore. You know? Uh huh. Got it. Yeah. Okay. That's a that's a great that's a great example. That's a great way to think about how we can maybe apply this to our lives a little bit because right now we're talking those so theoretically, but it's like basically what you're saying is you know something will come into your life. You know maybe it looks like a challenge. You know like maybe you don't you don't have a job. It looks like a challenge. But if we just if we're looking at that as one data point among the entire wave of possibilities and the entire wave of all the other data points that exist both in your life and in the lives of people around you, maybe it doesn't make so much sense to get upset about that one particular data point. Yeah. Just one point. Just one data point. Yeah. Just chill out. (laughs) It's a new mantra for all you listeners out there. You know, next time something weird happens to you that is upsetting to you, maybe you just uh, take, you know, take the Steve approach Hey, it's just one data point, you know? Well, I can't control one data point. There's a whole other host of data points 
that are just as valid, maybe we can flow with one of those other data points. Yeah. Maybe I don't need to be so upset about this sharp outlier data point. No sense in getting upset. Just learn and move on, you know? Hmm. Hmm. So, so this, so if we put the first and second verse together, basically what it's saying is like, there's this never ending source of energy that is creating all things. But if you, if you focus too much on the particular things, you're stuck looking at individual data points. And if you broaden your focus, if you relax your awareness and you try to stay in the, in the Tao, you know, or in the force or just in the waveform, you will, you will find that those individual difficult data points settle themselves. You will find that the glare softens, the knots untie. You will find that sharpness gets blunted, that the dust just settles. And it's not f- because of your effort. It's because you're broadening yourself to the bigger picture. Maybe that's one simple way to think about it. That sounds good to me. Okay. This is a weird verse, man. This is a totally like <laughs> such a, such a th- compared to the last verse, which had very specific advice about like feeding people. This verse is like, <laughs> this verse is a uh, totally, um, yeah. It's a bit much more esoteric, but I, but you know, I like it. I like it because, you know, for me, what it's saying, you know, is that there's something going on beneath physical reality. And actually, because we are a part of that, we have access to that. You know, you're a quantum being. Have you ever, have you ever heard the, about the book or, or read anything about quantum biology? Uh, not quantum biology, no. There are, I, I saw these guys, these two, these two scientists, they wrote this book. One is a biologist, one's a physicist, and they work at some university in England. And, uh, you know, in most science, traditional science world, the two different disciplines do not talk to each other. You know, the physicists do not talk to the biologist. They don't, mm. you know, they do not try to collaborate. But these guys were friends and they met every day for lunch. And over lunch, they started just sharing what they were finding in biology and physics. And they realized that the two started to explain each other. And they wrote this book called Quantum Biology. And so there's some interesting examples in that book. Like, like, uh, like for example, there, there are certain enzymes in your body that create uh, chemical reactions that speed up chemical reactions at a speed that is not explainable by physical science. Mm. So like it, it, it's, it's just, we just do not know in a physical way how the, the two chemicals change as quickly as they do in the human body with these enzymes. And so actually one, one thing from physics that would explain how that works is quantum tunneling. So oh. in, instead of like, Instead of moving things physically in the molecule, the enzyme is actually like basically creating a tiny wormhole. Yeah, I was going to say, we have wormholes in our body. Yeah, we got tiny wormholes. I got got worms in... uh... (laughs) I'm kidding. That was a bad joke. Not not the wormholes. Wormholes, yeah. 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 (laughs) So uh, this got like... This makes me think of The Expanse. I started watching The Expanse again. Did you see all The Expanse? Uh, not the most recent season. Oh though. man, it's like I really. Oh, those are some good, some good sci-fi. Some good mm-hmm. sci-fi. Watch mm-hmm. the Expanse, everybody. It's good sci-fi. Anyway, um, there's. So we're talking about. So our body has these little wormholes. There's also another one where, like, uh, something as simple as how we smell. Okay, the physical explanation of that is that we have receptors in our nose. Okay, and the chemicals go into our nose. 
you know, odors go into our nose and they match themselves to those receptors, right? And that's how we figure out what they are. Mm-hmm. But there are these two there are these two chemicals. One of them is urine and one of them and I don't remember what the second thing is, but they they go into our nose and they bond with our nose and we can smell the urine. Because other chemicals smells different than urine to humans. But when you look at how they attach to the nose, you see that these two molecules are almost exactly the same. The only difference is there's one there's one little atom there's one little atom attached to the thing that's not urine and that's what makes it a different molecule. But the part of the molecule that attaches to our nose is on the other side from that little atom. So from our nose's perspective, the part of, of this urine and this other chemical that attaches to our nose is exactly the same. Mm. So then why do they smell different? If the receptor site on the nose is what causes the smell, why do they smell different? And this, these authors were saying that, actually, we don't know why, but the best explanation we have is that the nose, the receptor on the nose isn't just physically reading the molecules, it's reading the energetic signature, the quantum signature oh, of the wow. whole of the molecule. That's and like it, some Star Trek stuff. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So our the nose quantum is quantum signatures. Yes, it's got quantum <laughs> signatures, it's got a direct tachyon beam to identify the quantum signature. Oh, so man. we have like we have in our in our body these quantum elements going on. So the the whole point, the reason I went on that tangent oh, wow. is to tell you is is to say how like we are part of this quantum cloud. This quantum cloud is very active inside of us. So we, we have access to it. So being in the Tao isn't just like, isn't, doesn't have to be this only esoteric concept. Like maybe what it means is, is like, can we find the perspective inside of us or the feeling inside of us or the part of us that is like, you know, moving in and out of this quantum reality, this quantum level reality. And maybe when we're at that level, that's when we see all the data points and that's when the the dust settles easily. That's when the knot is automatically untied. That's Uh. where the glare becomes soft. And we actually have physical access to it. Like maybe by calming our breathing enough, maybe by like, you know, softening, relaxing enough and softening our focus enough. You know, some of the things that happen in meditation, some of the things that happen in mindfulness, maybe what we're actually doing is accessing the, you know, getting closer to a part of us that's more from the quantum realm. Hmm. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty crazy to think about. I don't know what it means. I don't know what that means necessarily. I'm just theorizing about it. I mean, brainwave states, which are measurable which is measurable energy, you know, you can, you can watch someone's brainwave states change in meditation. You know, maybe some of those brainwave states are closer to this, this, the quantum waves that are underneath all of physical things. I mean, can you imagine if we could tap into that? Like, you know, like the, the source that creates all things, like we could, what if we could make a change, you know? at that quantum level, then mm. physical reality would change. That would be <laughs> insane. If people, if someone could actually do the tap into the quantum level and alter reality. Well, it'd be like Neo in the matrix. Yeah, which supports exactly. My, 
my uh, my theory of simulation. <laughs> yes, exactly, totally. Like it's like the the ten thousand things. The physical world is the simulation being powered by the quantum field. You know, and it's like the closer we get to the quantum field, if we make a change there, it changes the whole rest of the simulation. I mean, this is what. This so is, yeah, go ahead. It in that scenario, the simulation scenario would that make the server. And whatever power source the server is running on, the DAO? Hmm. Good question. I think... Because if the DAO is based on, you know, well, this reality, whatever this reality is, you know, um, it'd be confined to those rules of the server. And whatever software it's running, right? Yeah, yeah. So that kind of kind of puts a limit on it. That kind of kind of conflicts with the first verse of the of the um of the what is this called? what is it called again? The, the Tao Teaching, yeah. Tao teaching yeah. um, where you can't really define the Tao, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you know, maybe the the quantum field that we can like, that we're starting to get a handle on, you know, we're starting to understand what it's doing. Maybe the quantum field is like the, maybe that's the, well, that's either the base hardware or the base software, you know, maybe it's the base hardware and it's like the base energy that's powering the universe. You know, it's the hardware and, and how the, and then how the universe forms is based on the software. You know, like, I mean, just on a very human level, you know, the perspectives, the, all the, all the wiring you have in your own brain. I mean, that's what's, that's what's creating your experience. You know, reality is created inside your head. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, everybody has a different perspective from, of every single situation that happens. Like, you know, colors, you you can't be sure that green looks like green to another person. You know, I've wondered that. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, so reality is getting created inside your head. So you know, that's, that's the software. And then maybe the, the hardware is the, the hardware is the, the quantum field. And maybe, yeah, maybe that's what the DAO, the, the DAO is the, the hardware level. It's the energy source. And maybe the software is what we're running in our thinking. Hmm. Not sitting well with you? Well, no, no, not really. <laughs> to be honest with you, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I really like that whole hardware software analogy. Mm. I don't know. Something about it just doesn't doesn't sit right with me. Now, it, it's not to say that you know. Uh, I, I don't think that there's some kind of programming going on. You know, our, our human bodies are machines, and there's some degree of programming involved in there, and humans follow some set of programming, um, sometimes knowingly and most of the time unknowingly, in my opinion. But <clears throat> I don't know. The I guess it's the, the whole quantum field energy source. It would, would that kind of make it like the DAO is like a massive 3D printer, 3D printing <laughs> everything in reality, like, I don't know, constantly? 
That's an interesting way to think about it. You know, I mean, by the way, I, I, I don't know. We're off on like a, we're, we've been, we spent like, I don't even know how long right now, 20 minutes trying to, trying to make a quantum physics and uh, like connection <laughs> between, between an area that neither of us knows anything about. Yeah. Well, yeah I certainly I, know, I know nothing about, yeah. or very little about. And then also the Tao, which I know very little about. We're trying to like <laughs> make a connection between those two things. But yeah, I think, I think my answer, yes. It's one, one way of, thinking about it maybe is it like this 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 nothingness is 3d printing reality you know and uh-huh. if we can change the template that gets printed maybe that's what's being in the dao being in the dao is changing things at the template le- level you know and if we're if we're just focusing on like the if we're just focusing on the things we're we're themselves we're missing out on on like what's making the things so i i guess the whole part about changing things once you get to that level, I'm I'm a little curious where that's coming from, because I don't I, I don't really I didn't get that from the text. No, I was just I was just hypothesizing, like mm. if you if but you could that, access that template level, you could it, make big changes. Would an argument be that attempting to do that would be kind of going against the whole principle of the Tao and surrender and acceptance well that's a great point that's a great point i mean part of this text is saying that like we don't have to try to control it you know because it's because by itself the the sharp edges become smooth by itself the knots untie you know by itself the dust settles into place so that's a great point you know we don't have to we don't have to change it that's part of what the Tao is saying yeah i think you're right i think Mm. I injected, you know, it was my, maybe my controlling mind was trying to find a way to use this information. But, it, or, yeah. or, or, you know, it, maybe it's just part of, you know, one way of, of giving up and, and you're giving up to, the, to this urge that you have that you're not sure where it comes from, but you feel this urge to tap into that and make a change. And, and maybe that is part of the surrender. There you go. There you I go. don't know I these think- things, Dave. No, none of us do. But that's also a great point because a lot of people think that like that surrender means doing doing absolutely nothing. And, you know, no effort human podcast may seem like we're saying do absolutely nothing. But what what you're saying is also completely valid. Like when you have an urge inside of you and you feel like maybe something is calling me to follow this urge or just like it becomes a powerful motivator in your life and you were to and you were to basically surrender to that you know, then maybe that brings it, that brings you something like, you know, surrendering to both of us have surrendered to our urge to move abroad from the U S you know, mm-hmm. and it, and, uh, that, that surrendering actually let, was, took, took, you know, quite, quite some steps and some, some energy put toward that to move, you know, and then, uh, even at times things that felt like a little effort, you know, but, mm-hmm. uh, and of course a lot of things change. We made that we, you know, the way our life lives look is quite changed, but it came from surrendering actually to that urge. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Yeah. I, um, you know, I, I've been thinking about, um, this idea of, you know, whether or not people are robots, you know, programmed to do things. And, um, if you, if you just follow your animal base instincts and do whatever your your primal urges, you know, uh, direct you to do, you'll be probably thrown in jail, 
you know, you don't fit in society. So you, you can't do that. So you have, you have to have some level of awareness on, um, on your actions. But um, what if, uh, so, so that's an argument for we're not just animals, we're not just robots. We can observe and be aware and, and not do the things that, that our body is telling us to do. You know, like I want to hit yeah. this guy in the head with a hammer, but yeah. don't do that. You know, yeah. <laughs> not that I get those urges, but just an example. <laughs> um, uh, but what if this uh, awareness is just an- another level of that program? You know, it's just like the next, I hate to say like evolution in a way, but, but, what if that's part of the programming is being aware and surrendering to that? And I, I don't know. It's, it's something that I've been trying to f- think about for a while and I haven't fully wrapped my head around, um, you know, are we robots? Are we not robots? It's a very interesting thought for me. So you're basically, know. you're saying like, you're saying like we have all these, you know, these drives inside of us that could be seen as maybe programs. Maybe they're like genetic programs. You know, and then, but then you're saying like, if we we can become aware of those things and actually decide not to act on those things, and a lot of us are thinking of that as maybe free will, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, but actually, what if that awareness is just another part of the program? It's just a different program. Yeah, like another level, another layer of the program. Reach the next level. Yeah, like a video game. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just something. One of those questions you can never really prove, but it's just fun to think about. Yeah, well, it brings into the topic of what's free will. I mean, if there is this big, if there's this big, uh, you know, uh, like empty, unfathomable, inexhaustible Tao creating all things, yeah, where does our our will come into that? You know? Yeah, and and if we're just 3D printed at every moment, I mean, like, uh, are are we even doing anything? Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying, man. One data point. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, one data point. I mean, in the infinite infinity that is that is our lives. As soon as you start thinking about it, you realize why the why the hell am I worried about any one data point? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that alone is a good takeaway. We got to we got to bring wrap this up and bring this to like bring this to some conclusions with for people. Um, for ourselves, really, to to apply this stuff in our, into our life, but that's one great takeaway. You know, this uh, this uh, the statistical analogy that you brought in. You know, it's one great takeaway for me. It's just one data point, one data point from an infinite possibility of data points, and there are probably lots of other data points I can use in my life to help inform this situation. So it doesn't have to be so sharp. It doesn't have to be such a glaring situation. You know, can't change it. It's just one data point. So that's that's one big takeaway for me. What do you have any so far for you? Well, um, you know, it's always fun to to read something I haven't looked at in twenty plus years. <laughs> um, but uh, it, you know, it's I guess the the big uh, takeaway for me was I never really thought about a lot of this stuff having a link with like the quantum mm. uh, physics and quantum realm. And uh, that's going to make me think a little bit more about, uh, I guess, just how everything is related. So I guess that's my biggest takeaway. Everything is related. Yeah. Yeah. Do you mean related like everything is connected at some level, some quantum level? I mean, if we're all coming from some energy, you know, server in 
Idaho, <laughs> you know, doing the simulation, and that's our Tao. I know I'm butchering this, but I mean, <laughs> it, it, essentially, uh, it, we're all connected some way if we're all coming from the Tao. That's true. That's true. If we're all coming from the Tao, we're all one thing it, showing up in as 10,000 different things. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's actually, that idea is one of the, the essence of a lot of spirituality, a lot of spiritual philosophies is that it's actually all one thing. And I love that quantum physics is starting to say that as well, personally. I think it's cool. So how do we use that? Well, I mean, I'm going to do an, I'm going to do some experiments, I think, based on this episode of seeing if I can relax into that loosened place inside of me, seeing if I can relax into that like broader perspective inside of me. You know, what I'm thinking about is, is in meditation when you, when, you know, you purposely widen your awareness to try to feel the whole room at the same time, you know, you purposely Mm. widen your awareness to feel like your whole body at the same time, for example, and you Mm. see how far you can take it. You know, can I feel like the whole building? Can I feel like the whole city block that I'm in? You know, can I feel the, can I feel like I'm, I'm perceiving the whole city? You know what I mean? You, this is like one, one meditation exercise, but you, you start with just the space around you. Can I feel the whole space in front, behind and to the sides all at the same time? And when you widen your awareness like that, it does feel like that you're allowing in more data points. It does feel like, you know, your, your, you know, the sharp thing doesn't, isn't so sharp anymore. And so I think I'm going to experiment more with that and see if that helps me come up with new solutions, see if that helps me, you know, um, just feel better about if something is upsetting me. So I'm going to try this widening of the awareness to see if I can get in a more Tau state, you know, and then, and then uh, try to remember what you just said as well, which actually is a match to the last part of this fourth verse, you know, the last line in the one translation is, it seems the Tao seems to be the common ancestor of all things. And uh, the other one says, uh, basically, I do not know who his its child is. It's, it existed before the common ancestor. So again, it, it exists before physical reality, and we're not even sure what it is giving birth to, you know? Mm. So, so we don't know who, where it comes from, Yeah, but it's the, it's the connection of all things. It's the father of all things. So just a little bit of mystery for us to <laughs> who watch programmed that, uh, that server. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. A little bit of mystery about who programmed the server. So, you know, maybe we don't have to get so focused on the little, little points, the little sharp points. We can be more broad in our awareness. And it took us probably way longer than we needed to just get to that main point. Any other, any other things you're taking from today's conversation? Uh, was, uh, just a lot of um, good feelings and positivity. That's, that's what I'm taking from this. <laughs> you see, guys, he's a Taoist master. He's going he's gonna to ter- somehow translate this conversation to, into some new form of flow in his life. Like, you know, a year from now, I'm going to be like, hey, that, that conversation spawned a whole new career for me, and I'm going to be still doing this podcast. It's, it's crazy. We can all learn a lot from Steve. Thanks so much, Steve, for being on the podcast. I really appreciate you joining me today. Well, thanks for having me, Dave. Thank yeah. you. And everybody out there, if you want to find more about this uh, podcast, yo, subscribe, maybe leave a comment, maybe rate it. Appar- you know, apparently that really helps with other people finding out about the podcast. You know, if you liked it, drop a, drop a rating in iTunes or wherever you're listening to it, Spotify. Uh, and then, 
If you um, want to subscribe to more content, you can go to davidpapa.live and you can uh, find out how to subscribe, get on the list of cool people interested in this kind of thing. You'll also get a 10 episode audio guide for uh, managing your career and how to, how to use, uh, how to ask questions to create more love in your life and more profit in your work. So that's what it's for. And I hope that interests you as always. Good luck out there, you know, finding a way to flow, finding a way to find your real groove, your real harmony in this life. You know, if the doubt, this cloud created all things, we didn't exist out of coincidence. You know, something popped us into existence. So there's a place for us here. So good luck finding it and becoming a no-effort human. <laughs>